Welcome to Marissa's Wicked Word Nosh, a place to chow down on topics relevant to writers of all kinds. Hello, and welcome to Marissa's Wicked Word Nosh. I'm Marissa. And this is a weekly podcast in which I talk about a wide variety of writing-related topics. And I'm referring to the show as a whole there, obviously. There are just too many writing-related topics out there, and I really like to delve a little bit into each one to give you a decent initial understanding in case what you hear intrigues you and you want to learn more. And sometimes, There's so much information out there about a particular topic, and I can only address so much in one of my solo episodes, that I like to leave the possibility open of revisiting that topic, or a similar one, at some point in the future. It's really exciting to me when I think I know a lot about something, and then, sometimes years after I first discovered it, I find out some fun fact that I had no idea about, and it knocks me on my ass. It happens less now than it used to, though, probably because with time, I become less sure that I know a lot about anything that I used to. I think that can happen a lot when you do a lot of research. And it's good, I think. It reminds you why it's important to keep an open mind. Anyway, I want to put a little warning out there before I address this week's topic. It's a darker topic than other ones that I've covered. And obviously, if you saw the title of this episode already and decided to listen, you probably already have an idea of what to expect. But I'm going to put this out there anyway. We are going to talk about death. And if that's not something you feel comfortable with, you may not want to listen to this episode any further. So many sad and tragic things have happened this year, what with the pandemic and police brutality and the wildfires on the West Coast and numerous hurricanes affecting the Gulf Coast. I could go on, but you get the idea. And even though I don't see this as an escapist podcast, I do like to offer you an alternative to some of what you might see if you were to turn on the TV or the internet. But this week's topic is one I've been thinking of discussing here for a while, and probably the main reason I was inspired to do it now is, if you've listened to an episode I did back in February on writing in the second person, you know I'm a fan of Caitlin Dowdy host of YouTube's Ask a Mortician series, and author of several books on her experiences as a crematory operator and mortician. I recently attended a virtual book tour event Caitlin did to promote the publication of her most recent book, Will My Cat Eat My Eyeballs, in paperback. It was fun. We did an art project with Caitlin as she discussed some of her favorite Vanitas paintings and other death-inspired works of art, and then she answered some questions posted to her in the chat. 
The event wasn't too long. It only lasted a little over an hour. And unfortunately, she didn't get to my question, which was on obituaries. However, I do think that learning more about obituaries and even preparing in the event that you may have to write one at some point is in line with the death positivity movement for which Caitlin is an advocate. So with no further ado, let's talk about what an obituary is and how one might go about writing one. Merriam-Webster describes the obituary as, quote, a notice of a person's death usually with a short biographical account, end quote. Of course, there are times when you might see fairly long obituaries, usually when the person who's passed on is well known. To put this into a recent context, it's newsworthy when a legendary individual such as Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passes on, not only because she was such a role model for women in this country and played such a pivotal role in shaping contemporary U.S. legal procedure, but also because her absence will most likely determine the course the U.S. Supreme Court takes in the future. Similarly, it's newsworthy when a celebrity, such as actor Chadwick Boseman, passed back in August, or just this past week, guitarist Eddie Van Halen passes away, because they not only entertained us, but served as role models for millions of young black kids around the world, in Bozeman's case, and musicians, in Van Halen's case. So once you reach a certain level of fame, it's understandable that newspapers and online publications are able to devote a significant amount of space to your obituary. But let's face it, most of us will never approach that level of fame in our wildest dreams, let alone real life. So when our obituaries are printed one day, because yes, all of us are going to die at some point, we'll most likely get, at best, a short article in our hometown publication, in print or online. I'm not gonna go too much into the technical aspects there. But that type of notice might very well be surrounded by several other similar short articles dedicated to other recently departed lives. And that is one reason why I think obituaries are so important. Ideally, you want that short article to express not only that your beloved friend or family member lived, but you also want it to explain, to the extent possible, why he or she was special to you and to his or her community. In an article that I'll include a link to in the notes for this episode, Catherine Garcia explains that obituaries are really about life rather than death, even though the need for an obituary arises out of an individual's death. Garcia states that, quote, I penned well over 100 obits over the course of two years, and I can tell you none of them contained more than a sentence or two about the person's death. Instead, paragraph after paragraph detailed the deceased's love of family, career achievements, philanthropic endeavors, and lifelong hobbies." End quote. If you haven't known many people who've died, you might be surprised to learn this. 
It may be hard for you to imagine someone who's recently lost a loved one to either compose themselves well enough to write an obituary or to supply the person who will write it with sufficient information for a compelling, unique obituary. And that may be true for some who are in mourning, but Garcia points out that for others, remembering a recently deceased loved one's achievements, passions, and significant life events can actually provide a cathartic effect. After all, everyone grieves differently. And some people may be better able to get through the grieving process by focusing on memorable events that they shared with a loved one who's recently passed away. So, it makes sense that writing an obituary might actually benefit friends and family members mourning the loss of a loved one. But you need to remember that ultimately, the obituary isn't about those left behind. It's about the loved one, first and foremost, which is why it can help the writer to keep the deceased with them in spirit during the writing process. In an article titled, How to Write the Perfect Obituary According to Professional Writers, Nicole Spector suggests that it can be helpful to imagine what the deceased would have wanted the writer to say about him or her. She quotes a freelance writer named Hannah Sentinac, who points out that, quote, people don't want traditional obituaries. They want humor, flair, wit, personality, end quote. Although you do need to include some basic biographical facts, such as when they were born and whether they were married or had children, Spectre advises addressing these details first, and from there, drafting a unique description of the person's life. One thing she suggests doing is writing it in the present tense, then changing it to the past tense later on, or writing it in the form of a letter to a friend or family member of the deceased. Writing in these styles may help you connect better with your subject. As far as humor is concerned, she stresses that although it may be very effective for some obituaries, it may be inappropriate for others. For example, if the loved one you're writing about was always cracking jokes, they probably appreciate an obituary written in a humorous tone. I can say that I hope whoever writes mine tosses some tasteless jokes in there. And actually, several of the sources I consulted in researching this episode suggest writing your own obituary, partly to let your loved ones know what you'd like it to say, just in case. In fact, according to an article by Rob Walker from The Guardian, there are even obituary writing workshops out there that people are dying to sign up for. Sorry, I couldn't resist. And I'm not saying you should actually do something like that. I'm just letting you know it's been recommended in several sources I consulted. Anyway, that's if the person had a sense of humor that you know of. But if the person didn't have much sense of humor, or if the circumstances of someone's death were especially tragic, it's probably not a good idea to use humor. If you knew the person you're writing about well, 
or if you can get a good sense of what he or she was like by talking to family members, you probably will be able to determine whether or not humor has a place. But don't include humor in an obituary just because you think it should be there. Again, it's not about you. You may also want to use your judgment when considering whether to include how the person you're writing about died. If you haven't read many obituaries, it may surprise you to learn that some obituaries don't include the cause of death. And I would say, from what I've seen, there are good arguments to be made for both leaving it in and not including it. In Guide to Obituary Etiquette, Rules for Order for Predeceased Family and More, Sam Tetral explains that including the cause of death in the obituary can spare the survivors the pain of having to repeatedly explain how their loved one passed, and also points out that death is a part of life, so it might as well be in there. However, Tetral also makes a good case for families who want their loved one's obituary to focus on their life, if they know that's what the deceased would have wanted, or in some cases, focusing on the circumstances surrounding the death may bring additional pain to the family or even tarnish the deceased person's reputation. In a similar vein to what Spector suggested in her article, Tetral advises that if you do include this information, address it early on in the piece, then focus on what made the life of the deceased unique. One thing you should be on the lookout for while you're crafting an obituary is cliches. You can probably think of a few off the top of your head, but remember, your loved one probably would have wanted their obituary to be unique and very likely would have wanted to be remembered as an individual rather than as someone who was dependent on others in the later stages of their lives. Another source I'm including a link to in the notes, obituaryguide.com, offers a list of pitfalls to avoid. These include starting an obituary with something like, the family of so-and-so regrets to inform you, which not only places the focus on the family rather than on the, on the deceased, but also, I think, comes across as overly schmaltzy. The same goes for lines such as, after a courageous struggle. How many times have you heard about someone succumbing from a long illness or cancer after a courageous struggle? And I don't mean to suggest here that battling something like cancer or other illnesses isn't courageous, but it can actually do a disservice to the deceased person's memory to only remember them like that. You may have heard the phrase toxic positivity, and if you haven't, it basically means that individuals may feel forced to put on a smile and act like they're always ready to fight just because they live in a culture that encourages them to hang in there and keep fighting the good fight at all costs. From my experience with friends and family members who've had cancer, it's a nice thought, but doesn't always work that way. Some days, they may feel strong and very willing to battle cancer, and that's fantastic. 
other days, they may not feel strong because they've had an adverse reaction to the chemo. Or they may be angry that they have cancer. Or they may be worried about what might happen to their loved ones after they die. I'm just saying they may feel something one day and something entirely different another day. And none of those feelings are wrong or invalid. They're natural. They just are. So portraying someone's experience with cancer only as a courageous battle, I think, invalidates some very real aspects of their experience and thus reduces them to a type. When ideally, what you want to suggest when you're writing their obituary is that they were a unique individual. And that doesn't mean you have to know exactly how they felt every day they lived with cancer or whatnot. You probably have no way of, do of doing that. But it doesn't mean you should portray the experience as something it wasn't or something that's not real. And as ObituaryGuide.com stresses, it's important that an obituary, no matter how creatively written it may be, be accurate. Not only because it's so easy to find errors these days, thanks to the internet, but also because a lack of accuracy just doesn't honor the deceased as they deserve to be honored. That's all I'm going to say on the topic of obituary writing for now. And even if you've listened this far, I realize that this may not be an easy topic for you to deal with. But again, death is part of all of our lives, as well as the lives of those we love and care about. And a well-written obituary can be one of the best ways to honor the life of someone who is close to us. It certainly doesn't have to be a dry recitation of facts. It can be informative and, in some cases, even enjoyable to read. And it can help to keep the memory of the deceased alive in the minds of those who love them best. What did you think about obituaries before you listened to this episode? And what do you think about them now? Email me at marissadellefarfalle at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at, at marissad 13 or find me on Instagram at marissadf13. I'd also really appreciate it if you could rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, as it'll help a lot more people find out about this show. Until next time, thanks for listening, and for all of your support and kind words. I'm so grateful for all of you and appreciate your interest in the wide variety of writing-related topics I try to bring to you. The longer I do this podcast, the more I realize that there's a connection among all types of writing. And to emphasize how obituaries are connected with other types of writing, I'm going to leave you with this quote from the late British writer and actor Quentin Crisp. Quote, an autobiography is an obituary in serial form, with the last installment missing. End quote. Stay well, and peace out.
This podcast has been brought to you by Anchor, which is the easiest way to make a podcast. Go to anchor.fm for more info.